0: This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast here with uh, a special guest again. We've talked before, and, and now we're back. Uh, Lee Steinberg, super agent from Steinberg Sports. Um, and today we're talking NIL, Lee, and, and it seems like the topic du jour or maybe of the year and, and changing college sports in, in a big way, what do you make of the current state of it and just how it's kind of gone over the first year here? It looks like we're coming up on the one-year anniversary.
1: So it started uh, July 1st of last year, and it's been a revolution because people that lived on scholarship checks now all of a sudden have the ability to go out and make deals. It's moved the age earlier for an athlete to think about marketing because we just had Nike sign two teenage sisters who are at Harvard Westlake and going to Stanford next year to NIL. So high school players are now considered to be part of the group. If you are an agent for representation and you would miss the NIL period out of high school and someone else that's a marketing agent does the NILs, then you might never talk to the player about professional representation. So all of a sudden, instead of talking to 20-year-old juniors, uh, we're sitting – Having to evaluate high schoolers in terms of what their talent level might be and project them into the future—it's been much broader, Adam, than anyone thought. They thought it might be a few football quarterbacks like at Alabama or uh, Notre Dame or, or Ohio State, and it's turned out that that Phil Knight did a whole group for virtually every athlete at the University of Oregon women's athletics. Have of senior all deals. Jack in the Box did a program for 15 athletes with a person named Jack. And so it's been a much broader pool because if you're sitting in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the 10th player off the University of Alabama football team might be of interest. The biggest trend has been that alums of schools have Pull together their resources to take their businesses, because many of them are successful businesses, and pass through money through NIL to their program. So they can get a significant amount of money going. And if you're from a big campus, now the danger there is that it's used in recruiting, that someone in a transfer portal all of a sudden is shopping colleges, and one school says to him, we'll give you $3 million if you come here in NIL deals. And then the next school says, we'll give you two. And when Nick Saban, about a year ago, took his freshman quarterback, who normally he would have kept all the publicity down on and all the pressure off of, and he made the statement, he's made a million dollars in endorsements, that was him recruiting and say, you can make a million dollars. You
0: You called it a revolution and there have been good revolutions throughout history, bad revolutions, I think, (laughs) well-documented. Do you know, and and I think, do we need to get our hands around this? Or is it something that we don't? Is this something that is good for kids? Money and marketing deals are good. Publicity is good. Um, But there are certainly still concerns about where this might head, right?
1: Well, one of the concerns is to put too much pressure. Uh, It turned out that Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy. But if he had had the normal uh, first-year learning curve that an athlete has, then you've got this athlete on billboards, you've got him everywhere, and he's out there throwing interceptions, and it's not a great look. So that's one problem. Second of all, they worried about whether or not if the center on a football team is making uh, $2,000 in NILs and his quarterbacks making a million dollars, does that create tension within that? And third of all, it's the whole recruiting aspect, which is that um, alums from certain schools have formed these courses, these new posts, and they're in a position to dole out millions and millions of dollars, uh, which
0: which could be used in recruiting players from high school to college from, from all in, for all intents and purposes, it seems like the collectives, however they're written are legal. Um, I don't know how the NCAA can get their hands around those, but like you said, Lee, and and I see every day, um, they're essentially recruiting inducements, right? I mean, and and anybody who is in high school getting these deals or promise deals, I think the intention of, when NIL started was once you get to a school, this is what we can do for you. Not if you come here, we can give you this. Um, and, that's, and that's where it's gone. Is that necessarily a bad thing or is that really a bad thing?
1: Well, you already, of course, have all sorts of, of divisions between the power five conferences and everyone else. So they're obviously to have much bigger television deals more resources now the school is not supposed to be directly involved in nil's but um so that ohio state's not supposed to be marketing themselves but obviously if you have the consortium out there they can do whatever they wanted this whole thing never needed to happen at this level but the ncaa was so slow In dealing with the fact that some kids on a college campus uh, come from disadvantaged backgrounds and they were sending part of their scholarship check home. So they were living at a lower level than their non athletic peers on the college campus who could work to supplement uh, their. Their money, or were getting allowances from home, and they sat there and they looked at the student store that had their jersey number for sale. They knew what the TV contracts were and the crowds were in the stands, and they said, "Look, I'm eating top ramen, and and not being able to make it through the month on scholarships." So the NCAA could have adjusted more rapidly. It didn't. California had SB 206 which said California athletes would be able to do this. And that sent alarm bells to the rest of the colleges saying, well, we can't have every California athlete have a recruiting advantage. So they pushed the NCAA. So this was a reactionary move. It wasn't something that they sort of thought out from the fore. It was forced on the NCAA uh, because California was going to have it.
0: I know you're not a coach. I'm not a coach. We're not in the coaching world. But there are some schools that have completely embraced NIL and and really publicized it. I mean, make no they don't hide behind it at all. There are some that absolutely use it and then say they don't. And then there are some that really have sort of resisted it, much like resisting the transfer portal. Um, are those the dinosaurs or do, do they might have a case that this might not be a sustainable thing? It
1: depends how competitive a school wants to be in athletics. If they do, they better embrace NILs. They better figure out the most effective way to do it. They need to figure out how to uh, stop it from becoming chaotic. And they better get on the train, because this train left the station uh, last July, and it's only going to progress more and more and more. I mean, the reality is, do you need an NCAA? Could not the uh, Power Five conferences do their own television contracts? Could they uh, not figure out their own regulations? Um, do, do they need a third party sucking you know, money out of an NCAA tournament? Uh, or could they somehow figure out this governance today? So this, this is a threat to the whole concept of why do we need an NCAA? Uh, well, we need it for rules. Well, couldn't those conferences get together and just adopt their own rules and have university presidents and athletic directors agree on that?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's certainly an interesting conversation, especially with the super conference idea and and those things. Uh, you know, NIL isn't going to change Alabama from being good and, and Akron and the Max schools from not being able to compete at that level. Um, the model, though, is it sustainable? Is it is this something that? everyone is trying to figure out, everyone's trying to figure out how much money is, is worth spending for these players. Uh, Or does this sort of level off somewhere where, you know, we're talking about a high school quarterback with an $8 million NIL deal. Who knows what Arch Manning could get in NIL? Um, Is, is it not, not to, not to belittle the kids, but essentially, is it worth it? You know,
1: so um, it's always going to be worth it to alums who primarily relate to the university through the football or basketball program. And so to the extent that those alums are competitive and they take great pride in their uh, school's uh, performance and athletics, that will continue. Um, the, the degree of marketing this involves, you now have high school players who have their own websites, who have uh, accounts in every aspect of social media, who have figured out how to brand themselves, who have put logos together. I believe that this uh, cow is out of the barn, and this is the way it's going to be for the future. It may uh, settle out. But once you expose people to the free market, they will not go back to some hyper regulated uh, form that, that treats them differently. I mean, we all care mightily about the concept of amateurism. We also care that people get the best education they get. But the reality is that many of these young men are going to school only as a way station to the pros. And in basketball, we have one and done. So you better do that, and I'll deal very quickly. Or all of a sudden, you're going to be uh, at at the pro level. So no, I think this is where we are, Adam. And I think that if we just the all, uh, there'll be good Some won't be worth it, but that's the free market.
0: Yeah, one of the things um, that is a little concerning about it, and you see it, and you see it now through the transfer portal and. And NIL um, is, you know, college basketball used to be a huge sport. People cared about it greatly. And, it, and I think the that has dropped off over the last 25 years over one and done. And, you know, even when kids left early or, or not left early, but when they could just go straight to the pros, at least they weren't involved in in a program. There weren't storylines built up over years. Um, I use an example of, you know, Christian Leitner and Duke and Bobby Hurley. They they uh, lost to Kentucky, then come back and then beat Kentucky, and those storylines. And and you're seeing that a little bit in college football, which is concerning. You know, Oklahoma's starting quarterback is now at South Carolina. Their backup quarterback is now at, Oklahoma, or at USC. Their wide receivers at USC. There have been so many changes, whether it's because of NIL deals or transfer portal deals. That is anyone concerned about the risk of? There's not any like. Um, you don't care about a certain school anymore. It's just really following the money year by year by year.
1: Well, but the one thing about the transfer portal is, is talented athletes who are perhaps blocked at one university have a chance. This gives Spencer Rattler another chance to resurrect his career. Uh, Oklahoma made the decision to change quarterbacks in the middle of the year. So right. he's going to be a starting quarterback somewhere we don't see Joe Burrow at LSU unless he transfers. You know, right. he's sitting behind somebody at Ohio State. So the good part of the transfer portal is that, well, once again, you and I both understand that having an athlete at a school for four years where you are able to build and sustain uh, branding and, and uh, continuity is the best thing for a program. It's yeah. the best thing. But for the athletes themselves, many of them don't aspire to have college degrees. And we might want them to tell them of the common sense of getting one, but that's not why they're there. And that's already been the reality on these college uh, campuses. So that's up to universities to do everything they can to keep their players or promise them a future. There used to be a day where, like at SC here in Southern California, um uh, Marcus Allen would sit for three years until he got his starting sense. But once he did, that one year was enough to get him as a, a top round draft pick. Yeah. We have a change in the patience and the change in the, the culture, which is we've got young people who want it now and they want, uh, they're they're not willing to wait anymore. And this is just a cultural change that's occurred where uh People are thinking much more about their career than our old concept of being part of the university and the team and the rest of it. So uh, would we love to beckon back to those old days where where someone stayed for four years, got an education, was a big hero at the college level, honed their skills? Yes, but that's not the career trajectory that many young men have now
0: last thing on nil and this actually sort of changed some of my opinion about it is dan wetzel uh from yahoo wrote a column about who who is against this other than the coaches like these multi-million dollar coaches who want the control and want to have the say about every second where every kid is and all those kinds of things they have to relinquish some of that now and and who's really hurt by this the kids certainly isn't uh the parents of the kids certainly aren't it's it's really only the coaches that sort of want any change here and i don't know if coaches at least this time are going to get their way i think this is here to stay and here to be certainly hugely impactful in terms of recruiting
1: see here's the thing you have a finite amount of money that goes towards college sports and so now all of a sudden this pie is being cut where instead of the universities and athletic departments having complete control over how their brand is used and the rest of it, that brand is now split between individual players and universities out doing their own marketing deals, yeah. right? with sponsors and, and the rest of it. So there's a transfer of money moving from uh, where the university and athletic department had 100% of, uh, Freedom to market as they chose, and to use the players' uh, name, image, likeness as they chose, and now that money is going to to players. So it's it's a shift. It's a shift in power towards uh, players, uh, towards the marketing agents, towards. Uh, uh, But people in business are big boys. They understand what they're engaging in. If they decide they want to put advertising dollars either for recruiting purposes or for just to enhance their businesses, they're going to make those choices. And so we're back to the free market.
0: My personal NIL guru, Lee Steinberg, thank you so much for joining us today.